But ultimately, why is risk important in retirement? Because, you know, a big downturn in the market could mean a significant life change for someone. And that's probably not ideal um, looking into retirement. Not a lot of people want to cut their income by 20% when the market goes down by 20%. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Welcome into Unlocking Your Financial Future, the podcast that talks retirement planning, finance, investments, a lot of different strategy. And we're here to try to educate you through the process and hopefully answer some of your questions that you might have as you're building your financial plan. And we do so every week with Ben Schrock. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ben? I am good. Anything new uh, around the office today? Oh, not not too much. Just uh, staying busy over here. Uh, How about you and your world? You got a little one yet? Uh, not yet. We are two weeks away when this was recorded from uh, wow. the due date. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'm on the clock officially, right? It could be any time. That's right. <laughs> and I guess the, the one the one piece of advice I've been getting is you just got to get as much sleep now as you can. That's right. Yep. Sleep in while you can. Uh, I know. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, nervous and excited at the same time, but um, well, we're ready for it. I know my wife is Good. especially too. She's ready to, to yeah. be done through the pregnancy <laughs> process. Uh, we also have Keith Lockwood on again with us. He's been on with us a couple episodes now. Keith is a uh, financial advisor at BA Schrock Financial Group and helps deal a lot in the portfolio world and, and help with the management process for you if you were to go in and ask for their help and work with them and their team. He's a guy that you'd probably talk to. So Keith, welcome back in. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. We started the conversation last episode on the risk that savers face. So we're going to continue that with part two of this series And this one's going to go away from what we talked about last week, which was getting too enamored with cash. And of course, you can always find that episode on Apple Podcasts or bashrock-fg.com. But this one is the opposite end of that, and that is dealing with risk. So let's jump right into it. We'll get to a mailbag question a little bit later in the show. So stay tuned for that. So first things first on risk. Why why is it too? I mean, this seems obvious and it seems like a pretty basic question, but (laughs) why, why is risk something that you really have to plan for and know and be aware of in your portfolio? Well, I mean, when it boils down to it is that's what's going to move the market up and down, right? So if you cannot stomach the volatility in the stock market, then you might not be a good fit for that. So if you're not willing to risk some money, though, you're not really willing to make a lot of money when it comes to the stock market as well. So it's a give and take with risk. But ultimately, why is risk important in retirement? Because you know a big downturn in the market could mean a significant life change for someone. And that's probably not ideal um, looking into retirement. Not a lot of people want to cut their income by 20% when the market goes down by 20%. So you know, hopefully, throughout the conversation today. We'll show you some of the different things that we do and talk about the different uh, buttons that we talk about with our clients and on how to counteract that or how to sustain a, a market downturn. Yeah. I mean, some people just, they've saved so much and saved so aggressively through the years that they really just kind of forget about that risk factor, right? They've just become accustomed, especially, you know, over the last decade, things have gone so well that maybe they just, hey, don't need to worry about risk as much. So when you're talking about risky investments, what are some examples of some products that might be a little riskier or a little on the riskier side? Well, we'll see. A lot of, I mean, growth stocks, IPOs, recent okay. companies that have no earnings. <laughs> um, <laughs> full disclosure, I'm a value guy, so it's hard for us to build a portfolio with companies that have no earnings. You know, the Lyfts and Ubers of the world, Some not something you really want to get into if you're <laughs> looking for retirement income. But most people don't even realize the risk they're taking. You know, and they come in, we look at a portfolio, 
and we kind of just show them, look, <laughs> in a in a normal market condition, here's what might happen. They're they're shocked. You know, people do remember 2008, but since 2009, we've pretty much been straight up. Mm-hmm. So accumulating money hasn't been too terribly difficult as long as you were in the market. But it's really taken a deep dive into what are you really in, and not being diversified is is a big part of that. People will see a lot of times people have five different mutual funds and they say, well, I'm diversified, I'm reducing my risk, but they're all investing in the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're really not diversified and you're really not reducing any risk. You've actually, you know, monetized it or multiplied it. So that's something we we look at and go through. So I guess some people don't even realize they have risk on the table, it sounds like. I mean, they just come in and I guess it's a matter of understanding what you're invested in first off. But even that time, maybe people don't even think they're that even that risky. Right. I mean, we get it all the time. Someone comes in, they think they're a moderate or they think they're aggressive and we analyze their portfolio or Keith will analyze their portfolio and we have some great software that helps us with that. And we find out they're the complete opposite. And then we show them and they are kind of shocked. You know, when you look at a mutual fund, for instance, they give them all these all sorts of different fancy names. But when you dive into the guts of the mutual fund and actually see what they're buying, that's where we really take a look at it and, and, and tell the client, this is what you're actually purchasing with that mutual fund. So, you know, diving in a little bit deeper to the situation is important. And we have that, that great tool that I mentioned um, that analyzes someone's risk. So we take a, a client or a prospective client through a series of questions. And this software uh, actually gives the client a risk number. So it goes from one to 99, one being ultra conservative, like money under the mattress conservative, 99 being ultra aggressive to what Keith was saying about those IPOs. So they answer a series of questions. It actually pegs a a specific number for their situation. And then it gives them a 95% probability range that they would be between. So they can really pinpoint their risk comfort level and see it right on our screen. We do it over a 55 inch screen in our office so they can see it pretty loud and clear right in front of their face um, what that risk number is. And then we go in in deeper and we can develop or design a portfolio. And that's with Keith's help, obviously, design a portfolio around that specific risk so that client knows they're not taking too much risk on or they're doing um, exactly what they want to do within their portfolio. I'm intrigued by this risk number. Uh, It's cool. So I guess first thing is like, what are people's reactions typically? Are they, they feel like they were, they knew their number pretty well? Are they pretty shocked? Uh, I love it when we have a husband and wife and, and it's almost like a, a marital dispute half the time. So, um, and sometimes we'll let them answer at different, uh, separate times, but no, I, I think it's really eye opening when the series of questions ask them and like how much money they're comfortable losing. And then they'll, they'll obviously say, well, none, I'm not comfortable losing any money. Well, that's not the answer we're looking for. They have to be comfortable risking something if they want to be in the market, but, um, it takes them through the series of questions and then they actually get that number. And then we have another thing that we can do within there that allows us to stress test that portfolio. So it'll actually take their current portfolio and one that we recommend and uh, peg it against a 2008 market crash. So we can kind of show them real life looks in, in terms of, hey, this is what your portfolio would have done. Would that be okay? And, or, you know, this is what I do in a good market. Is that good enough? So it kind of gives us a good feel for, you know, what they really truly are looking for from a risk side of things. Yeah, it seems very helpful to be able to sit down and kind of see what that scenario would have looked like for you and for your portfolio. I, I like that a lot. What, what was the highest risk number you've seen though? Is there, have you seen one of the nineties? I've seen one at 98. I don't know about you, Keith. What about you? I haven't seen any of that high. For example's sake, you know, investing 100% in the S&P 500 is like an 85. Whoa. So, 
most I've kind of seen is besides my own. It's <laughs> probably like a 70, 75. So. What do you have to have, um, like Bitcoin to be in the 90s? Yeah, pretty that, much. You got to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have an investment for pretty much all cryptocurrency. Yeah. That would be a 99, I guess. Uh, yeah. we're, we're talking about risk, and it's one of the mistakes that people make as savers. I mean, we're talking about this as part of our series that you know th- saving seems like it's always a good thing, and typically it is, but there are some mistakes you can make that might hamper your portfolios. So we're trying to help you work through that, and, and part of that is risk. So you talk about that crash and putting yourself in that scenario. So what are some of the things you guys do at BA Schrock to kind of help you and help clients take a little less risk and know that, that no matter how turbulent things get, their situation is going to still stay on track? So when we sit down and actually build that plan, that's what we do as a team here. And and Colleen, the other advisor here in our office, Keith and I, we all sit together and design that plan for the client. And ultimately, once we start building it out and we have a good understanding of their income, their taxes, then we really sit down with Keith on that portfolio design to see where that shortfall is. So then he kind of gets, you know, uh, looking into it a little bit deeper and and actually building out the, the portfolio itself to find income, find dividends, find yield through bonds. So I'll let him kind of jump in there and, and explain how he can um, design a portfolio that will withstand the ups and downs in the market. To expand on that, you can still have growth, but still reduce your risk. And we use dividends a lot. You know, when I was young, I'll say young and dumb, you know, I didn't understand the impact dividends had and just disregarded them. But if you go back since before the Great Depression till today, and you look at the market, it's returned right around 9% or so. Okay. Um, if you take out reinvesting dividends, you're only getting about 5.5% to 6 So dividends are worth about a third of that return. That's significant. It, it, very significant. And if you can invest in companies that annually raise their dividend, you can still get growth. You know, you're still investing in the market. You can still get growth. And through proper diversification, you can still have that that small piece that might not pay dividends, but, you know, on the growth side, maybe it's 10%, 15%, whatever it is. But, you know, in a market downturn, if I'm getting 4 or 5%, 6% that I know is coming in through my, my dividends that companies are paying me, then I'm, I'm not as bad off and I can weather that storm. Yeah, I guess a lot of times people just don't think of dividends as being like the sexy investment, right? I mean, it's, it seems like it's not that exciting, but it sounds to me like that's a big piece of growing and, and being consistent in your plan. 100%. You know, it's not a get rich quick, which, you know, the, there's no get rich quick. It's really going to be a get broke quick. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, it's that consistent growth that we're looking for in a portfolio and it's you know, it's not sexy and, you know, but it, but it works. Right. We kind of like boring in our office, Ben. Vanilla yeah. and boring, <laughs> that works and tests it over time. So we, we don't mind the non-sexy investments. We'll, we'll stick to the boring and simple. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm sure your clients are pretty happy that they don't have to worry as much either yep. during that process. Uh, okay. Well, that I think that wraps up the conversation on risk. Is there anything that we missed that we want to add to this before we put a bow on this part two? No, I think, I think yep. we're good. Yep. All right. Uh, this is part of our four-part series. So make sure you tune in for our next episode. We'll continue to talk about the risks that savers face. Savers are great people and they do a great job, but there are some times that they take a misstep and we're trying to help you with that today. We talked about people that take too much risk uh, throughout their savings and uh, hopefully 
gave you some information to to help you uh, work through that. And if look, you, you feel free to reach out to Ben and Keith. They're there to help you out, uh, to slow you down a little bit if you need it, and, and to help you change some of your plans to to make it so you're on the right track and you're headed to where you want to go. Uh, you can do so by reaching them online at bashrock-fg.com or you can call them at three three zero four seven three one zero six zero. As always, we take a mailbag question from a listener who writes in. Today's question comes from Greg, who has this question about his wife. He says, my wife bought an annuity several years ago. She's 60 now and has the option of getting money from the annuity, but it would be be for a third less than it would pay out if she would wait until 65. So what do you see people normally do in this situation? They wait for a higher payout or start using the funds sooner at the lower payout? Yeah, that, that's an awesome question from Greg. I mean, uh, my first gut instinct is to say you, you got to wait till sixty-five because a thirty-three percent increase is pretty substantial in terms of income, especially on an annuity that's going to guarantee you that income for the rest of your life. But you got to take a step back and really look at the the question too. And the big thing is to me is do they really need the income at sixty? Okay, just because she can start it at sixty, does it mean that they need the income at sixty? She might still be working. He might still be working. Uh, they may not need that extra income. If they do. Need need it because they're retiring a little bit earlier, then it might make sense to turn it on. And then we also kind of look at that buyback rate, or if you want to call it that, the break-even point in time where, okay, if if Greg and his wife have been collecting this annuity for five years, how much money would they collect in that five-year window versus taking it at 65? At what point in time are they going to break even on that investment? Is it at age 85? Is it 90? Is it 75? At what point in time is that, that intersection? And then they can really answer that and put it back on them and say, do you really want to break even at 85 or 90? And they say, well, I might not be here. So, uh, you know, that that's a really, really tough question. It's more client specific to say, you know, if, if you need the income, you got to take it. If you don't, I would push them to wait just because I know people are living longer today. And I'm not saying that Greg and his wife will live forever, but odds are telling us they're going to live a, a nice long life. So we do have to plan for that. So having 33% more income would definitely be beneficial. So I would lean in that direction um, without seeing the full picture though. Um, I, I'm still leaning in that direction. Okay. Thanks, Greg, for the question. And you can always send us a question in at bashrock-fg.com. On Facebook, you can like the B.A. Schrock page there and, and join the conversation. Send us a question in there. Or you can call, as always, 330-473-1060. And everybody in the office will be happy to work with you and, and answer your questions or sit down and, and put you through the risk uh, meter and find out if you're a 1 or a 99 or somewhere in between, probably somewhere in between. But they have a great process in order to figure that out and help you analyze your situation and put you on a plan that uh, works for your retirement. So, guys, I enjoyed it today. Uh, a lot of fun on this episode, and hopefully, we'll we've done a little bit to reduce the risk for people that are very aggressive in their strategy. Yep, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Keith, Ben, and uh, as always, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts to have this episode and every episode delivered right to your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. Thanks again for joining us.
Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM. AEWM and BA Schrock Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.